I'm Michael Malley, and this is Michael the Storyteller Tells Tales. There is a grave of a Mrs. Griffin in County Kerry, Ireland. And man or woman would be fool enough to disturb that grave. But if one did venture to dig up the bones of Mrs. Griffin, a most extraordinary sight would meet the eyes. For you would find not two but three shoulder bones, two belonging to herself, and the third being the old right shoulder bone of a long dead sheep. And this is a story of that. There was a fellow by the name of Maurice Griffin. He was in service as a harder at Dunlee minding the cattle. And one morning while out with the cows, the strangest of visions met his eyes. For what should he see? But he saw a cloud falling out of the sky. And it landed on a hillock, a small hill nearby. It looked like a like a lump of white foam with a with a great heat rising out of it then. And one of the cows she went up to it and she went and she licked up every bit of that form. Well, Maurice, he went in at the breakfast and he told the man of the house of all that he seen, of what a wonder it was to see the cloud fall from the sky, to see this lump of white foam with the heat rising out of it, and then to see one of the cows licking up every bit of it. And the, the man of the house, he says to Maurice, says he says, Maurice, you say that foam was as white as any linen. Aye, indeed was it. Well, the man of the house. He called the servant girl into him and he said, Girl, I want you to go out and milk a particular cow. One that Maurice Griffin will show you. I want you to milk that cow and none other. And you do it with great care so as to spill not a single drop of that milk. And then you bring that milk directly back to myself. And she said, I will do that. Well, she found Maurice, and Maurice found the cow, the very cow that had licked up the foam. And Maurice held the cow for the girl while she did the milking. Well, in very short order, she, she's doing the milking, and she looks up at Maurice, and she says, Ah, oh, Maurice, is strange. You know, for this is the vessel I've always used in milking. And this cow, she's, she's never filled it more than halfway for this, but here it is, nearly filled to the brim. And she's not done with the milk, and I don't wish to leave her partly milked, as that would spoil her. Maurice, take a great drink from this vessel, but 
but do it with care so as not to spill a drop. And so Maurice took the vessel and he drank. Three times, three times the girl had Maurice drink from the vessel. And finally, the fourth time, she finished off the milking. Well, she brought that milk directly back to the master of the house. And when she came to him, he looked to her and he said, Girl, was any of that milk spilt or used? And she answered truly and she said, Well, well, as you asked, not a drop of the milk was spilt, but a fair amount of it was used. For you see, this is the vessel I always use with the milk in. And you know, that particular cow, she'd never filled it more than halfway for this. But there it was, filled nearly to the brim, and I didn't wish to leave her partly milked as that would spoil her. And so I had Maurice take a great drink from the vessel. Three times he had to drink from the vessel, and then finally on the fourth time, I finished off the milking. Well, when she reported this to the old man, he seemed vexed and angry enough, and he pounded his fist upon the table. Oh, twas his luck gave him all. But then the old man, the master of the house, he, he thought to himself and he began mumbling and speaking again, speaking more to himself than he was to the girl standing there and he says, No, oh, fool that I am, t'was promised to him, not to me, t'was promised to him. For didn't Maurice see the cloud, didn't he see it fall from the sky, didn't he see the lump of foam with the, with the great heat rising out of it again? And wasn't he the one that saw the cow looking up every bit of it? Ah, oh, it was promised to him, not to me, promised to him, not to me. And from that day forward, the master of the house, he showed great kindness toward Maurice Griffin. But that, that my friends, was not the only change that took place. For from that day forward, Maurice Griffin had the gift of curing and the knowledge of foretelling. And everything that he foretold came to pass. And everyone that he endeavored to cure, he cured. Well, the people were coming around to him, and the priest got word of it. And on a Sunday morning, the priest spoke against him from the pulpit. But Maurice Griffin said nothing in turn. And it was a time after that that Maurice was walking down the little barine, and who should he see coming? the opposite way towards him, but that priest himself, and the priest saluted him, and Maurice saluted him in turn. And the priest, he spoke directly to Maurice then, and he says, Maurice, I hear tell that you have the gift of curing and the knowledge of foretelling. Maurice Griffin, tell me, where would you get the gift of curing or the knowledge of foretelling? And Maurice, he spoke to the priest, and he said, your reverence, I serve people. I try to cure and I try to help them. And sir, my work's as good as yours. Though your reverence, I've not heard tell of you for telling, nor curing. And the priest, he, he spoke again to Maurice and the priest said, Maurice, I know can you foretell or not. You answer me one question. You answer me one question and I'll believe you. And Maurice answered, 
Your reference? I'll answer you any question you put to me. Very well, Maurice. All right then. At what hour, at what minute of the day did the last no moon appear? I'll give it to you, Your Reverence. You recall? It was nine days ago. You and your horse were passing traffic. And you stopped at the stream there to give the horse a drink. Now, sir, around your neck you wear a stone which the Pope himself gave to you. And that stone sweats three drops at every new moon. And when you stop there at the stream there, the moment your horse's right hoof touched the water, the stone sweat the three drops. That, sir, is when the last new moon appeared. And the priest, he looked at Maurice Griffin. And he said, Ah, what's rumoured of you is true, Maurice. What's rumoured of you is true. I'll not meddle with you from this out. Follow your hand, boy. Follow your hand. And the two of them shook hands upon it. Well, Maurice Griffin, he got back and he reported on this shot of shows to the master of the house. And when the master of the house heard of the shot of shows between the priest and Maurice, his liking for Maurice Griffin increased threefold, but that was not all. For the master of the house had an only daughter. And she took a liking to Maurice as well. And I tell you, the master, he put no hindrance between them. And in course of time they were wed. And then your man Maurice was moving into the big house. After a time the old man died. Then Maurice and the wife inherited the property. And people were coming from miles about for counsel and care to Maurice Griffin. And Maurice and the wife they had two sons. And the years went by and Maurice grew old, and the eldest son by the name of Dermot, by this time he was in charge of the property. And one day, Dermot, Maurice Griffin's son, was about to go off to Cork, for in those days everything was carried off to Cork on horseback. But Maurice had not been well, and he said to the eldest son, he said, Dermot. <coughs> Dermot. Son, I don't want you going off to Cork, son. I am in dread that I would die soon. But dear Mid looked at her father, he said, Ah, da, all the other company are going and I'd like to go too. Son, I want you to stay here with me. <coughs> For it's to you, it's to you that I do all the good 
But Dermot spoke and he said, Ah, da. My younger brother's here. He can take care of everything. Son! I'm asking you to stay. Ah, but da, master. Go! <coughs> Go, Dermot. But you will be the loser. <coughs> you will be the loser. And you will remember my words. And Dermot went off to Cork. And as you might be guessing, Maurice Griffin took a further turn for the worse. And he was lying there in the sickbed. And one day, the younger son was in the room. And Maurice Griffin, he spoke to the younger son. And he said, <coughs> Son, I am injured that your brother Dermot will not be back in time. And the younger son said, Well, Dad, what you were going to leave to Dermot, you, you could leave to me. I cannot give you the foretelling, boy. But I could give you the curing. H how would you give me the curing, Dad? <coughs> I'll give it to you, son. Go out this night and kill a sheep and take the right shoulder bone of that sheep and clean that bone of flesh as well as any bone has ever been cleaned of flesh afore or since and then go out into the field hold that bone in your right hand and look over and above it once a second time and then a third time and son then you will see all those you know who have passed your grandmother will be there and your grandfather your aunt Mary even that boy who had that Terrible accident with the pony cart. They'll all be there. And you look there. And when they come for the cure, and you know what to do. Son, even if somebody suffers a fairy stroke, you go and you look out over the bone, and a messenger will come. A messenger will come from the she. <coughs> a messenger will come from the she. And you know what to do to treat the fairy stroke. You keep that bone with you always, boy. You put it in the bed and you sleep with it at night. You'll have the Karen, boy. But Maurice Griffin's younger son said, Ah, da. If you won't give me the knowledge of her telling, I won't take the gift of Karen. Son, I cannot give you the knowledge of foretelling. <coughs> I can give that only to the eldest son and only if he is present. <sighs> Send for your mother. I'll give the cure to her. 
Well, it was less than three days after that that Maurice Griffin passed and Diarmid had not yet returned from Cork. And when Diarmid did arrive, his younger brother spoke to him and he said, Ah, Diarmid, you did badly not to stay. I left you here, didn't I? Ah, you did. But Diarmid, he could give the, the foretelling, the knowledge of foretelling only to you. And Diarmid spoke back to his brother and said, Well, did he give you the curing then? And the younger brother answered, Ah, he offered it to me, but I wouldn't take it. I was afraid that in after years when I had children, perhaps it's on them the diseases I cured would come. And let it go to her mother. Let her have it. She's old. It was rumoured that the cure was with Mrs. Griffin. And the people were coming to her. One time her own godson had a fairy stroke in the leg. But the parents did not bring him right away. They waited and waited through the night. And then just before daybreak, they finally arrived. And Mrs. Griffin, she was vexed and angry with them. And she looked at the parents and she said, If you'd waited till morning, we might have made bacon of them. But since they had come before the daybreak, she was able to cure them. And she did, and he was a strong lad after that. Another time, the priest's own horse was sick and was left out to die. And the priest's clerk, he, he spoke to the priest, and the clerk said, Your reverence, perhaps we should go to Mrs. Griffin. Why would I be going to Mrs. Griffin? Well, they say she's got the cure, sir. I'll not go to her. Well, sir, your reverence, I, I myself could go to her. If you go to her, I give you no leave. But the clerk did go to Mrs. Griffin. And Mrs. Griffin spoke to the clerk about the priest's horse, and she said, Ah, the priest loves that horse. But he gave the horse water while it was still hot from driving. And then he muttered something to the horse, but he failed to say, God bless you. Go. Spit three times into the horse's right ear and say, God bless you. And do the same in the left. And so the clerk, he went out where the horse was lying along the roadside to die and he spotted three times in the one ear. And then into the other. And that horse, it rolls up as sound and as well as ever it was. And the priest, he saw the clerk walking that horse back toward the stable. And the priest, he said to himself, Ah, they have a gift in the family. I'll not trouble them any turn again. In course of time, 
Mrs. Griffin. She herself grew quite ill and she was on her own deathbed. But she could give the gift of curing to no one. And when she died, they were removing the body from the deathbed. And they saw in that bed the old right shoulder bone of a long dead sheep. And the younger son said, Bury that with my mother. And that is why, if you go to County Kerry, Ireland, there is a grave of a Mrs. Griffin. And man or woman would be fool enough to disturb that grave. But if one did venture to dig up the bones of Mrs. Griffin, they would find an unusual and extraordinary sight. For in that grave they would find three shoulder bones, two belonging to herself, and the third being the old right shoulder bone of a long dead sheep. And that's a story that Mr. John Malone told to Jeremiah Curtin in County Kerry, Ireland, 1892. been another episode of Michael the Storyteller Tells Tales. <laughs>